When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got it. All right, hour two of the locker room, and we are joined by our special weekly guest. Uh, We're now back in the regular season mode, and you can tell it. When our next guest is in the studio on Tuesdays, that's right, Steelers Digest Senior Editor, the one, the only, Mr. Bob Labriola. How are we, Labs? Uh, glad to be doing this with you guys, though not at St. Vincent College. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, although you did miss that one donut Thursday when our friend Jeff Hartung from Riddell Helmets brought us a scrumptious box of donuts they were great yeah i didn't get invited to that uh i'm not surprised <laughs> <A little> soiree. <laughs> yeah no it, it, it's it's all good labs don't worry we, we 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 saved one in your memory um and i think wes ate it um so <laughs> if anybody to blame don't blame us uh <laughs> labs of course as as always every every tuesday you do release the asked and answer column um, for Steelers Digested on Steelers.com. And, I mean, I, I do have to ask this right out the gates. Um, you know, I thought, it was, I thought it, was, it was a great question posed by one of, uh, one of your fan write-ins, call, uh, email-ins. I'm not sure how they get those questions to you. But uh, he, uh, he asked about the, the duplicate numbers and having to make a decision by the regular season. Do you want to explain that for us? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you are allowed to have duplicate numbers during the preseason as long as uh, one of the guys wearing the number is on offense and the other guy is on defense. Um, but then once you get into the regular season, that's not allowed. So um, Quan Alexander being the number one example, he was number 26. I think he signed with the Steelers August second, third, something around there. And yeah. um, and picking a number, he ended up with 26, which was also Anthony McFarlane. So he was allowed to wear that since one guy was offense, the other guy was on defense. But then starting this week, you can't have duplicate numbers. So uh, Anthony McFarlane being the uh, more veteran stealer of the of the people with the duplicate numbers, he usually gets the preference whether to keep it or not. So, um, Quan Alexander, long story short, is now number fifty four. 
Mm, okay. Now let me ask you this: what's what's the deal with uh, some guys? We're talking about having a single digit number like zero. You know, like the great Jim Otto. Remember Jim Otto was double zero. Now, yes. Can can they wear a zero jersey? Can you actually get that? Um, for the Steelers or in the NFL? Well, yeah, I, it doesn't matter either way. You know, I was just wondering no, about it. It's a very different okay. answer. All right, for the Steelers, for first. the Steelers, no. Okay, and for the Steelers also, um, according to Quan Alexander, single digits are not allowed. Okay, I'll say it that way. All right. Okay. I think, I think that's in the NFL, yes. In the NFL, and the rest of the NFL. Okay. Either one of those. Okay. I was just, I, I, I couldn't get it through my gourd. I was trying to figure out why or why not when I should have known, hey, the Steelers just do things their way. Okay. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, if you have been long around long enough to know that last statement you made is, is an accurate one. <laughs> yes. It is an accurate one. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, Labs, let me ask you something. We, we've been talking about captaincy a little bit. Want to know, just real quick, any surprises for you? Didn't think there's a surprise there. But uh, any 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 of that popped up for you? Uh, no, not really. I mean, uh, Kenny Pickett being the offensive captain to me is just a signal that the Steelers now recognize him as their starting quarterback. You know, the, if, you, if you go back – uh, and look at the his, recent history of the offensive captains. You know, it was Ben Roethlisberger for many, many years, ex- with the exception of 2022. Ben wasn't had retired. Mm-hmm. And the offensive captains were Najee Harris and Mitch Trubisky, who was the starting quarterback when the season started. Um, now it's, it's, it's a situation where Kenny Pickett is the guy. I think there is a, uh, organization-wide commitment to him as the starter, and uh, yeah, it only makes sense to me that he would be the start or the captain. I mean, absolutely, got it. Well, do you think it was also because he went five for five on touchdown drives in the preseason as well? <laughs> no, uh, I, I think no. that he would have probably been the, a captain if he would have gone five for seven <laughs> on touchdown drives okay. in the preseason, as an example. Uh, I, okay. I just believe that there is a um, commitment, an acceptance, a realization, whatever word you like, that this is the guy uh, who is going to lead the Steelers from that position for the foreseeable future. And I think that it's a good signal to everyone that he is the offensive captain. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I was always – you know, you, you always wonder because it took Ben a while to, to receive that honor uh, when he was here. But obviously, you know, Wolf and I kind of lamented about it. That I mean, yeah, who, were you going to supplant Alan Fanica? Probably not. So Right, and would have taken Jerome Bettis. Yeah. There were a lot yeah. of established, even future Hall of Fame True. players, if you want yeah. to categorize them that way, on that offense during Ben's early career with the Steelers. So – uh, I don't. I think it's a totally different situation when you look at the makeup of the team in general and the and the makeup of the offense in particular. All right. Absolutely. Well, oh yes. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you about was, I am I'm totally confused over the emergency quarterback rule. <laughs> now, I mean, am I the only one? 
No, please don't ask me to get into specifics of that. <laughs> okay. I mean, Can you give me a general overview? I was like bamboozled as I was trying to figure out what in the world they're saying. Well, let me say this. The NFL yesterday released a, a series of questions and answers right. pertaining to all of the different permutations of the emergency quarterback rule. There's and I don't know how many attorneys they have on staff <laughs> at Park <laughs> Avenue, but I would say all of them were involved in writing these down. So um, I, I'm not even going to give it a shot because I'm really afraid I'll either make a mistake or leave something out. Gotcha. And, you know, uh, but the, here's here's a couple of things that I feel rather confident of. Mason Rudolph will be the number three quarterback emergency quarterback uh, Sunday against the 49ers and moving forward in the foreseeable future this season. And so there you go. And he can only go into the game if the starter and the number two quarterback are injured and unable to play. If they stink, you cannot change to the third guy. Okay. So you have to remove the quarterback for injury or some other medically related unavailability situation. If he's not playing well, that doesn't count. You know, it was really funny was I I think about my high school football team labs when I was, I'm trying to figure out, we went and before uh, teacher strike wiped out my senior year, we were playing a a high school team from Springville, New York. We were undefeated at that point, 5-0. We played them. We knocked out the first-string quarterback, the second-string quarterback, and the third-string quarterback. They brought the first-string guy string guy in just to hand off. But, you know, on that defensive line, there was myself. There was a guy named Jimmy Burt who played nose tackle for the Giants. <laughs> and, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, and a multiple pro bowler and a Super Bowl champ. And also a guy named Larry Fole who turned out to be Lex Luger. In the WWE, <laughs> and they could have used a rule that week. I would tell you. <laughs> so how many state Scary championships prospect. did that high school team win? <laughs> we didn't win any. We went five and zero. We had a teacher strike, wiped out our our our, our only bid at a state championship that year. It was unbelievable. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> oh well. I yeah, know. Oh, but oh, hey, well. you know, yeah, it just brought to mind the whole you know conflagration with the emergency quarterback you know i mean it was just they I, I, they're making a bigger issue i think than they need to well you know I, I it all dates back to in my opinion kyle shanahan's uh, lack of foresight slash arrogance whatever it was that had him in the nfc championship game trying to block an eagles edge rusher with 17 and a half sex that regular season mm-hmm. with a backup tight end. Mm. Yeah. So not a good move. Um, yeah. You know, you want to be a great coach, all that stuff, then come up with a better plan than that. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't pity patty around in there lab. Tell us how you really feel, well, buddy. Exactly. Don't send but, you know what I mean? Wolf. No, I know you, you guys, you're right. You got offensive linemen. I mean, you're, you're looking at uh, a, a, litig- a legitimate fire breather. Yeah, in an NFC Championship game, and you're gonna you're gonna line up a backup tight end and have this guy block him. <laughs> Look out! 
Exactly. Can I say this, Labs? As I said or screamed at Terry Bradshaw the first time I played LT on a twist, Lawrence Taylor, luck out. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) He he went by me so fast, I don't even remember what his number was. (laughs) Well, and, you know, all due respect, too, you know how many times better you were at pass protection than a backup tight end? Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I better so been. So that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is too much. All right, so Wolfley gets a uh, gets a state championship <laughs> ring posthumously uh, from that season, and <laughs> that's what we've learned so far. No, um, last I, I do I do want to um, also touch on just a couple more of the uh, some of the ass answers that were that were intriguing. I mean, there was obviously a couple of them. Ask about the roster, practice squad. You did the similar jerseys because there was a number of them um, that were on there. But uh, there was one that, you know, I didn't even realize this. Um, but uh, is it Mark Sabo from Parlin, New Jersey, asked, since each game starts with a kickoff, for now anyway, do the players on the kickoff and return teams get credit for a start, or does that only count for offense and defense, not special teams? I thought that was a great answer, and I didn't even think about that before. Yeah, you know, the way, you know, the game books that the NFL hands out to the media and publishes on various websites now that has the on the cover sheet, the first page, the starters and they list the first 11 on the field for the offense and the first 11 on the field for the defense. So if a if a team opens with three tight ends and let's see, I'm trying to do my math here. Five, six, three tight ends and two running backs. No wide receivers get a start. Yeah. Even if your team has, you know, uh, all pro wide receivers on it. And that's how that's determined. And it's the same thing with defense, whatever your defense opens with nickel dime, goal line, whatever the situation might be for that first defensive snap of the game, those are the 11 who are designated as the starters. And then as the, in the stats in this, for that, that guy's career, those guys careers, I uh, will include that game as a start. So you're saying if we get a kickoff return and we return it all the way back to the two yard line, Darnell Washington is going to get the start over Deontay Johnson if we line up in goal line offense. Yes. Okay, there we go. There we go. Just, just want to clear that up for everybody okay. else out there. I mean, you know, because I felt like that was something that, that is an intri- – I mean, it's an intriguing question that you don't think about, right? Because, you know, a- as a player, like, you just go out there like, all right, okay, I know, I know I have to be ready for the first series or at some point, but then it's like, nope, we're going to goal line, guys. You know, short yardage situation. Or even if – you know, your team's on defense first. They get an interception deep in the plus red zone, right? Um, and then they recover the ball on, like, you know, the, the four-yard line or the two-yard line. Again, that's the offense that's going out there. So, you know, that's kind of what you have to deal with. And even vice versa, if it happens on the other side of the ball, your defense, if you have to line up in goal line defense because the team, you know, either got some type of change, punt return or whatever – um, that puts that that puts you that puts them in favorable position. You have to be able to do the same. And so, yes, maybe not all your corners are going to get in on that. Um, so, I thought it was a pertinent question. I wanted to make sure we got that 
answer because I thought, or I the thought other it was actually thing, a good one. Uh, is if, say, the offense goes out with an extra offensive lineman as a blocker. So your starters might be six technically offensive linemen, even though the one oh, guy would have reported yeah. eligible. Say Broderick Jones, just to pick a name out of the hat for the purpose of this yeah. discussion. Okay. Yes, yeah, so he would get a start, even though your tackles were Chooks and uh, Dan Moore. There you go. Uh-huh. All right, let me yeah. shift in right now, okay? Here we go. I got to ask you. You think Nick Bosa, what are the chances of him actually playing this weekend, bud? Because I, I can't I, – I have a hard time – if they sign him to a big contract, I mean, you think you want to just throw him out there? I mean, At the very least, he's going to be on a pitch count, I would imagine. I uh, Well, I'll tell you what. From the Steelers' perspective, I agree with what Dan Moore has been quoted as saying. We're, we're figuring he's going to play. Okay. Right. That's the way I think you have to prepare for the 49ers. You have to prepare for Nick Bosa, and I think you have to prepare for George Kittle, too, because he's somewhat in a injury right. kind of th- situation. Right. So uh, I think that the way that coaches are best served preparing for these kinds of things is, re- is to assume that the star – is going to play and you prepare for that. And if he doesn't, well, then it should be a little bit of a drop off for whoever fills in. Now, what I will say to you is this, you remember the off season where TJ Watt didn't take part in any team drills or any contact. He had a hold in, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I looked up his first game against Buffalo in Buffalo the opener against the bills three tackles one tackle for a loss against a run two sacks five hits on the quarterback and a forced fumble okay that's it's not making me feel so, real good <laughs> yeah i mean i, I just don't we'll i don't think you. it's a, a high percentage move to assume that you're going to get a, um, a lesser nick bosa just assume that he's going to be the guy, he's going to be a flamethrower, and you better be ready for it. Yeah. Because, uh, as I said, a guy on your own team who was in that same class went through something similar. I won't say it was the same, but something similar. T.J. Watt was around, but you remember he just didn't participate in any team drills, right? Uh, OTAs, mini camp, none of that. And then at training camp, no team drills or any hitting. Gotcha. Uh, and I just yeah. told you what he did. Yeah. And the Buffalo Bills, pretty good team. Yeah, I would say so. That doesn't give me a lot of hope, Max. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That. That. Uh, I was really. I was really hoping that. Uh, you know, Labs, you were going to say, "Oh yeah, Cleveland Farrell will be in." You know, he'll get dominated by Dan Moore, and then Nick Bosa will be thrust in, thrust into the limelight, and then he's not going to have a good day. But that kind of just poo pooed all over <laughs> that notion. <laughs> So, yeah. Gee, thanks. Way to end well, on a high you, note, Labs. You, you guys would expect, wait a minute, you guys would expect a player of Nick Bosa's caliber who wants more money than Aaron Donald, I would imagine he's going to come in shape. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, whether that yeah. translates to a pitch count or whatever, but I think you should expect uh, pretty much the full Nick Bosa when he's on the fo- on the field. 
Okay. Yeah. But now, all right, then let me ask you this. How close do you think they could possibly be? And I don't know if you, you know, you, you got any friends out there whispered sweet nothings in your ear about how close they are to actually coming to an agreement on a deal. Well, what I've seen um, on the internet, Jeremy Fowler has been kind of close to this situation. Okay. And um, he's saying that it's no lock, that it's going to get done. Mm. Uh, here's the other thing. Nick Bosa, this is a road game across the country. Right. So the question is, if he hasn't signed, does he even travel to Pittsburgh? Mm. Either on his own. I don't think he would go on the team plane without a contract. You know, does he charter a flight, oh. a private plane? I, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah. it's, don't make it's not like money. leaving his <laughs> his house, getting in his car, and driving ten minutes to Levi Stadium, right. and there he is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I thought he was in Florida, so he had to fly cross country. I think that's where he's at. I don't think he's on. I don't even think he's in the state right now. Hmm. Well, that might be even better for him because Florida is closer to this to Pittsburgh yeah. than San Francisco <laughs> to Pittsburgh. That's true. They, they, they do have direct flights to Pittsburgh uh, as a native Florida. I do know a couple of those paths. I don't think he's taking Southwest, though. I don't think he's taking the Southwest flight. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's uh, – you, you, you turn up as one of those unruly passengers on a video. Yeah, somewhere. exactly. I imagine he, he opted for business select so he can be the top 15 boarding positions. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Labs, we appreciate it. And, of course, for Steelers Nation, you can hear Labs every Tuesday – here inside the locker room, of course, Steeler Digest senior editor Bob Labriola. Thanks, Labs, for joining us. We look forward to seeing you at the stadium this weekend. Looking forward, to, looking forward to it myself. All right, brother. Thank you so very All much. Right, take care. All right, everybody. We're gonna step aside. That was Bob Labriola. Wolf is on deck. I think he's gonna take the weight off the bat. He's been he's been he's been he's been slow swinging it. I, I think he's preparing <laughs> for a bunt in this next segment. But we will see. We get back here in the locker room. Wolf Starks. Ninjas here, SNR, ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Max, when I was looking over some film and watching last year's games of 49ers and so forth, um, one of the things that just stands out is, well, obviously their defense. Their defense was the the top ranked. They had the Dick LeBeau honor trophy. Because Dick LeBeau always used to say, the only thing I look at statistically is the points given up per game. You know what I mean? He said that's the only thing that mattered to him was how many points. And the the 49ers gave up 16.3 points per game last year, which is really phenomenal. Uh, when you consider, like, the Buff Bills were second with 17.9. So there's, there's a, a large difference there, though it doesn't seem all that great. That's a big difference, just a couple points like that, uh, given the fact that, uh, you know, what the NFL is today with pass happy and, and scoring touchdowns and everything. But – the thing that really rocked me, though, was when I read where uh, the 49ers defense forced three and outs on 40% of the opponent's 20-22 drives. Think about that. 
not too far from half of all drives were three and outs against that 49er defense. Max, that Steelers cannot afford something like that. No, they, they cannot. And I think you have to be very, very conscious of that. And, you know, I, I think the game plan coming in is probably going to dictate that. I think, you know, you have to be ready for the different machinations that could possibly come out for San Francisco. Right. Okay. Um, because, like you said, they could run it, you know, Debo Samuels there, but then also you do have the Brandon Ayukes of the world. But George Kill's really a big part of that as well now. Well, even you bigger know. is McCaffrey. McCaffrey well, is, you yeah. know, I mean, if McCaffrey you McCaffrey is big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, just looking at the targets per route when yeah. they go out, number one is Debo Samuel. Number two, though, is McCaffrey. Yeah. yeah. Well, and McCaffrey will play into that even bigger if George Kittle can't play. Yes. But no, right, right, it'll right. also suffer because George Kittle can't play because that's also a guy who does a lot of check blocks, right? Yes. Like, George will stay in. He'll help Chip Release look at that Sam Backer, mm-hmm. and then Sam Backer drops off in the zone. That's when he pops out. Yes. Or yes. so. So there's that kind of delayed tight end action that you know, especially when you're getting some pressure. Um, you know, he'll release it. He's like that pressure relief valve in the middle of the field between the hashes. Yes. So when you don't have him, I expect more Christian McCaffrey, right? Swing route type of stuff where if the linebacker plays a little bit too far in yes, and you trust the foot speed of Christian McCaffrey with a free release to the outside um, versus him having to come up when you show blitz, you get the mic ID that will type of, or in our system, the Jack, right? I mean, because we go Sam, Mike, Jack, Will. Um, mm-hmm. In the 3-4, that Jack d- plays a little bit inside or comes up like he's in a blitz-threatening position that could alter his route. So you're going to have to kind of do some different things so that Christian McCaffrey of George Kittle's out is not the number two option. And you do have to bump out wider. Look at the Iukes of the world, right? Um, what's exactly. the other kid from Joan, um, um I got it right. I can't think of his last I, name. Hold uh, on to Jawan Jennings. Jawan. Jawan. Okay, Jawan Jennings. Yes. There we go. Yeah, and then, of course, let's not forget uh, off uh, Ray Ray McLeod. Specialized. Yeah, off specialized. Yeah. Ray Ray McLeod. I, I don't trust Ray Ray's hands, though, but okay. Right. Um, But you will see, I, I think you have to look at a little bit more of those guys. And then, of course, um, at the tight end position behind him is Charlie Warner, um, who is not anywhere near what George Kittle is. But you have to think he could be a possession type guy, mm-hmm. whereas Kittle's your yak man. Yep. So, I mean, th- th- there will be some adjustments for them. Um, but the other thing you have to prepare for defensively, the use check. Yes. Got to prepare for the use check. Well, you don't see him that often, but they're still there. A true, tried and true fullback. That's true. I mean, and San Fran runs a lot of 21 and 22 personnel. I mean, they they, they do. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they, they line up. And the thing about Kittle, too, Kittle can block. You know, he yeah. he's a physical dude. He's got – I mean, he, he might have that, uh, you know, the uh, – the, the weird haircut and all, but I mean, he yeah. he is he rolls up his but sleeves Kittle, and he gets down. Well, to he, it. he's a well-rounded tight end, right? He, yeah. He's Heath Miller, you know. He's a guy who who can who can stand in there and block. He can take a defensive end or outside backer one on one and hold his own. But he also is a, is a mismatch and a threat in the passing game as well. You know, there's either either ors in today's society, right? You know, you have 
the Travis Kelseys, the Darren Wallers of the world that are more more receiver than blocker. Um, but you know, George Kittle is fifty fifty. Yes, like he's he's ready he's ready to tango at all times. He keeps the dancing shoes on because mm-hmm. he's he's ready to tussle some rounds. But he also keeps keeps the track cleats in his back pocket. <laughs> he's he's willing to burn you down the middle of the field in, in a seam route. So so that's where you know you're kind of a little bit more on you know playing towards midfoot as opposed to on the tippy toes when you're dealing with San Francisco when George Kittle's in the lineup because you can't be all downhill. You can't you can't be all all hair trigger. You have to kind of sit midfoot, and you have to you have to let let some things play out. If you got to carry him off to seven yards as a linebacker off the line of scrimmage, and you're dropping your zone, carry him to seven. Don't 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 let him go at five because those two yards can hurt you. Yes, um, you've got to be disciplined and know where eighty five is at all times. And I think that's that's where it's going to be interesting to see how this first injury report comes out on Wednesday to determine the status of George Kittle. Yeah. Uh, Kittle, he's a dangerous dude. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He is one of when you put him in context of a McCaffrey, a Debo Samuel, um, all these other guys, Brandon Brandon Ayuk, you know, uh, that that's a lot of firepower. And you take a look at the San Francisco offense, and Brock Purdy, you know, the guy did a pretty good job last year. I thought going, you know, for what he he had to do, and he goes and in ten to twenty yards down the field. They they have him like game managing a little bit. You know what I mean? That's his best yeah. stuff is ten to twenty yards down the field over you know over the season there that he he, he put in. He was about sixty one percent. He was accuracy. That's that's pretty good, man, for young guy coming out and Mister what irrelevant he was. You know, yeah, I mean, Mister Irrelevant, not so irrelevant. Yeah, for not, San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. So did a great job. I you know I mean. I, I think back to my rookie year, 1980, Tyrone McGriff. He was Mr. Irrelevant that year. But yet he yeah. started a couple games as a, as a rookie. You know, sometimes that those Mr. Irrelevants aren't, aren't anything at all like uh, what their title is. They're very relevant. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think one of the other things to consider, you, you, you pulled out that name, Tyrone McGriff. Yes. Did you know where Tyrone McGriff went to school? Yes, FAMU. That's Florida right, A&M. FAMU. And Black College Hall of Famer as well, Tyrone go. McGriff. There we go. Just to throw that out there, a little, little full circle moment there. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I love Tyrone. But, uh, he was a great guy. Just a great guy. Yeah. And I'm so no, sorry he, we he lost was, him years ago. Yeah, we did. And, and Tyrone was tremendous because he's, he's from Vero Beach, Florida. Yes. Not far from Orlando. So Tyrone actually used to come to Orlando a lot. Um, him, him and Nate Newton were really close friends. Um, they couldn't get that close. They were two big cheese whoppers. <laughs> they, they were. I mean, you know, as close as you can get it, you know, sit, sitting in a booth at a buffet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it's about as close as you can get. Thighs were touching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shoulder, shoulders probably, but definitely elbows and thighs. You know, if you're there sitting you sitting on the side. <laughs> no doubt about it. Oh, my gosh. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be really interesting. Um just to see, because like you said, you said this in the previous segment, coaches have a book on Brock Purdy now. Yeah. He's, there's no longer the great unknown mm-hmm. um, in the middle of a season, you know, whereas you lean on tendencies of the team versus tendencies of the player. Now everybody has tendencies of the player. And you've given 
Mike T, and Terrell Austin an entire offseason to diagnose, prescribe, and and get ready for Brock Purdy. I mean, yeah, there was a little chance Trey Lance might. Now there was no way because mm-hmm. Trey Lance did not did not even hadn't even had many starts as Brock Purdy's had wins. So yeah. you know, going into that, I already knew that was that was a hand, one hand tied behind your back competition. And yes, Sam Darnold was brought over the veteran because you got two young guys. You need an adult in the room uh, for the young guys. But Sam Darnold, we know what Sam Darnold is, yeah. and he is not a starter. Um, in any shape or form. He is a reliever um, for if anything should go wrong and you just want experience in there if the young guy gets a little flustered. You know, he's that relief guy to kind of give him a chance to calm down. But there was no way Sam Darnold was going to start start the season for the San Francisco 49ers. So essentially you had all offseason to really prepare for Brock Purdy. And I think with this defense that we saw in camp. Yep. We might see Sam Darnold. <laughs> that, there is some truth in that one. I will tell you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. I look at right now. You got somebody named uh, Kivitz, uh, Colin Kivitz, McKivitz. I'm sorry. Oh, from hey, West hey, Virginia. Hey, hey. Yeah. Come but, on, come on, Colton McKivitz. Colton McKivitz. Colton McKivitz. I'm way off with it. Hey, it's early in the week. Okay, I'm still putting it together. I, I, I know, I know. But listen, because Colton's one of is one of my young guys uh, okay. out here. Okay. Um, at our training facility. So, so I actually, you know, Colton when he came from West Virginia from WVU. By God, um, complete he, uh, with a couch. No, 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 no couch, no couch. <laughs> no, because we actually won sl- games when he was in school, so they were all burned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wesley. You think Wesley's got a little bent towards West Virginia? Yeah, I mean, just a little, uh, no, you know, a little sensitive. Just, there. just you know, back-to-back losing seasons for the first time <laughs> since the seventies, and you know, heading for another one here already. I think we touched a nerve here, Max. My couches are hey, very hey. safe, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, apparently, you can't say Homer without saying Euler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to get along to where I was going, you got that Colton guy who's only got five starts in 28 games going up against T.J. Watt. I like it. That's not bad. Yeah, I like it. I, I like that matchup. I think that's probably going to be one of our featured Beefalo matchups of the yes. game. Uh, but, you know, also uh, Spencer Burford as well, the guard right next to him. You know, we might we we might need to pull out the rosary beads for him because uh, he he came out for he came from UTSA. I actually had Spencer a couple of times um, in my game calls, and Spencer's a strong guy, but he's not as strong as Cam Hayward, and that long arm stab is going to be going to be problems mm. uh, for them. Um, the one side I will avoid, and you know, hey, uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and give Alex Highsmith the Purple Heart in advance. Yeah, he's got Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So I mean, listen, some scheme stuff it might have to do a little bit, a little bit of shifting and flipping, and you know, a couple, a couple of te stunts in there to give uh, to give Alex some uh, some relief. But maybe, maybe Alex gets the secondary um, pressure. When Brock Purdy gets get, gets flushed out, to gets his a left. little spooked. Let me say yeah, this: gets a little spooked. Yeah. Did you see where they had Trent Williams listed at three twenty five? I don't believe it. Yeah, absolutely not. Okay, listen, listen, listen. As 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 a guy who is who is the fudger of the weight stats himself, <laughs> um, and being around a lot of guys who had some 
questionable numbers. Uh, there is no way Trent Williams is 325. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, Very you know, good. I, he, even at his lightest. I mean, maybe on one foot on the scale and then another foot kind of off, but not quite 60-40 weight distribution. I got you. You know, kind of like he's in a stance and the scale happens to be on his back foot, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, 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 that's, that, that is, that is all USDA Wagyu right there. Um, <laughs> no doubt about it. All yeah, right, buddy, absolutely. we got to go to break. We're going to be back for more. We got the bell lap coming up. Max is going to take it home right after this. You're in the locker room. Wolf starts and the ninjas. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. There it is. The bell lap slash lunch, lunch bell as well. <laughs> um, for us here and of course for Steeler Nation. Um, I, I want to start with this because this just came across uh, my clicker. And and for me, uh, you know, this is, this is of course, a, a sad moment. Um, uh, I saw that uh, Hugh Douglas, legendary pass rusher for the, new, the, for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, his son passed away mm. um, last night. Uh, son was a sophomore at Morehouse College, one of the colleges I called on Monday, but that's neither here nor there. Um, in a, in a car accident, uh, him oh, and, a, and, and one of his friends, um, passed away. And I just want to send our heartfelt condolences to one of our, one of our affiliates. Uh, you know, I've, I've gone on Hugh's show when we played the Eagles in the past and of course went against him in 2004, uh, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> because, uh, the dude has 80 sacks in his NFL career and he, he he's, was he's truly a legendary yeah. pass rusher, but you know, thoughts and prayers are with the Douglas family through this difficult time. So I just wanted to make sure I acknowledge that. Even though it's the eastern side of the state, yeah. you know, we're all brothers um, together at the end of the day. That's and so that's losing part day. of the family. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Man, yeah, thoughts and prayers go out never to the have Douglas to family. Bury no. their child, you no. know. Um, so so yeah, but but I but I digress. I just wanted to make sure I got that out there, but. As 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 we round this out, Wolf, um, you know, because we have the Mike Tomlin press conference coming to you live after our show, so we want to make sure you get to hear all of the Tomlinisms and all of the insights that Coach Tomlin is going to present at press conference. I do want to I do want to pick up where we left off. We were talking about some of the uh, some of the matchups early on that we're looking at. You know, quote unquote, the prime matchups. We talked about some defensively. Um, on that side, but offensively, you know, kind of looking at, you know, let's do a with a Bosa, without a Bosa. Let's start with yeah. without a Bosa. Um, if, if if he's not coming to Acrisure Stadium, uh, Clellan Farrell is the first guy to get it undrafted. You know, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, undrafted free agent. Or was it unrestricted free agent? Sorry, yeah. UFA. I always get UDFA and UFA always get me tongue tied a little bit. Right. Free agent, first round draft pick from the Vegas Raiders um, back in the day. Uh, Clemson pass rusher didn't quite materialize, and that's why he was, um, you know, available for the Niners to pick up. I, I don't, 
it's a different defense when, when Nick Bosa is not in there, correct? Absolutely. Again, I go back to the important stat. I got to run it down because somebody, I think they got it screwed up. But they, what they basically are saying is that Nick Bosa over two years has outperformed the other three down pass rushers uh, in, in the last two years, you know, in totals. I mean, their yeah. total of, of quarterback sacks and pressures don't equal his total all by himself. You know, and I, you look at it and you're going, really? But then you think about T.J. Watt and what T.J. Watt means to this team. I mean, the one loss yeah. percentage of when T.J.'s in and when he's out is is ginormous, you know. And the, you look at the yeah. fact that points surrendered go up, that, uh, you know, turnovers go down, that, uh, you know, sacks go down, everything goes down. So those are the things that, you know, I, I can understand because we've seen in our own self with our own apex predator. No, we, we have, and also a thing of note, and we'll be breaking this down uh, further, you know, this week, Javon Hargrave. Oh, is, yes. That's yeah. right, is out there. Um, so that, that, that's one to take of note. Um, Eric Armstead, of course, is a, uh, is, is a solid defense tackle, been with them for a long time. Um, Drake Jackson rounds that crew out um, as well. <clears throat> um, but one of the other big matches is going to be Najee Harris, Fred Warner. Um, yeah. that's going to be a big, big matchup. Fred, Fred Warner, Warner is, is good. Yeah. Yeah. At the mic at the mic position. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see who draws, um, who draws Deontay and who draws George Pickens on the outside. I mean, you, you know, you have, um, you have kind of a rotating door there. You know, you got Demiador or Lenore, um, at one side and then Charvarius Ward, um, at the other side. I don't necessarily love the corners, for San Fran, so I think you can take your shots. You know, Tashawn Gibson's probably the only one I really fear in that secondary um, at the free safety position. But uh, it, it, we're going to break this down further tomorrow. We got the whole Thursday week, baby, and Friday. Yeah. You know, we're going to get further into this. But you know, um, just a little, just a little bit, just a little aperitif. A little aperitif. You know why? Because the guy that gave me the best aperitif was Javon Hargrave, who introduced me to shrimp and grits. Which I didn't even know existed. Yes, a traditional Southern recipe, and we will dive into that further. Because well, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to educate you a little bit about some down south delicacies. There you go. But for right now, the delicacy is the Mike Tomlin press conference that we are going to be passing you guys off to. You have been inside the locker room with Wolf and Starks, ninjas, and of course, always some squirrels. But more importantly, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Same bat channel, same bat time. You've been inside the locker room. Take care. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.